2: Even podcasts, whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
3: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Oh Entertainment, music, pop culture, LGBT plus news. Let's go there. Start now.
4: What's up, everyone? That's right. This is Let's Go There, and we've got a lot in store today. So thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate you.
5: What if we, like, just said, we have nothing for you today? Let's see. We were just like, Wait. we're just going to see what happens. Yeah. We're going to talk about anything and everything. How about you all pick the show? That would be
4: fun, like user-generated. Yeah, listener you tell us generated. What you want us to talk about. <laughs> and you have five seconds.
5: To let us know.
4: Drive to the side of the road. Make sure you're not driving when you let us know. I think that would be really cool. I love the idea of bringing listeners, viewers into the producing of a show. At the same time, they're like, We do enough work. You do the work. That's your job.
5: What is their job?
4: To sit back, listen.
5: Screw and that.
4: They've no, got enough on their hands. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I like it. You know what really annoyed me last night? What? I went to Ralph's.
5: Oh. And that's there you go. You can stop there, period.
4: <laughs> There are no more fruit roll-ups anywhere.
5: Like, when's her. the last time you had a fruit roll-up? <laughs> when did she just turn so, into a 12-year-old teenager? Here's the thing.
4: I'm I'm doing these videos where I try things, right? Okay. And part of it, one of it was, like, freeze a fruit roll-up or wrap a fruit roll-up around a pickle and try eating it, you know. This is what I do for social was media. Was that
5: it specifically?
4: Yeah, those are the two things. Okay. So I was like, I'm going to find a fruit roll-up. Well, there there's no fruit roll-ups to be found at Ralph's at... CVS, I went online even to possibly order one, and they were sold out at Walmart. We're in a fruit roll-up shortage.
5: You know, I've never wanted to to be hit by the Delta variant so bad. <laughs> I, you know, if the variant just wants to knock on the door and just come right in, take me now, variant, so I don't have to hear about Shira's fruit roll-up madness.
4: I know. I mean, first world problems, right? If you know where to find a fruit roll-up, let me know, please. I need some help.
5: Please don't
4: sad these are sad times uh well speaking great show ahead guys (laughs) (laughs) we actually have some cool stuff happening coming up how meals for heels is helping sex workers eat (laughs) plus mourn why simone biles exited the olympics that was big news today that's in the tea report in a moment but first let's get into some what's turning this hour and the CDC changed its masking recommendations as it grows more concerned over the Delta variant of COVID-19, urging vaccinated people in certain areas of the country to resume wearing masks indoors in public areas. Here's CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky. In areas with
2: substantial and high transmission, CDC recommends fully vaccinated people wear masks in public, indoor settings to help prevent the spread of the Delta variant and protect others. This includes schools. CDC recommends that everyone in K-12 schools wear a mask indoors, including teachers, staff, students, and visitors, regardless of vaccination status. Children should return to full-time in-person learning in the fall with proper prevention strategies in place.
4: Okay. Nearly two-thirds of U.S. counties have high or substantial transmission of COVID-19, according to CDC. 46% of counties have high transmission, 17% have substantial. It's a lot. Okay. Well, uh, speaking of all this, a prominent Chicago infectious diseases expert is warning that lots of people will get COVID-19 at Lollapalooza this weekend. Mayor Lori Lightfoot dismissed those criticisms as coming from critics on the sidelines and says that her health team says it is safe to proceed with the festival. So this uh, expert, Dr. Emily Landon from University of Chicago Medical Center, says that the event is a spreader event. And she fears individuals who become infected with COVID, vaccinated or not, could start, quote, wildfires of infection across the U.S., she said the real problem is not so much that a bunch of young people who come into sh- Chicago getting COVID at this event. The real problem, um, problem is them taking it back to places that have very low vaccination rates. So if you're heading to Lollapalooza this weekend, just be careful.
5: Yeah, I mean, I've, I was watching Rolling Louds Festival this weekend and mm-hmm. there was no mask in sight.
4: Oh, yeah, if you see pictures in Vegas of the pools, the pool parties, people are like on top of each other. Like a bunch of sardines.
5: Sounds like Vegas.
4: During a pandemic, I mean, we will look back in history and remember these times. Uh, yeah, I think there's a way to be out and about and enjoying life without being on top of each other, but that's just me. That was what's turning this hour. What's happening in Entertainment News, Ryan?
5: Okay, so Simone Biles, the Olympic. She's decided to exit this year's Olympics. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. A distraught Simone Biles pulled out of the Olympic team final on Tuesday, leaving in the middle of a competition after struggling to land a vault. She said, after the performances that I did, I didn't want to go into any of the other, even second guessing myself. So I thought it was better if I took a step back and let these girls go out there and do the job and they did just that. She said, I was struggling with some things. She said, therapy has helped a lot as well as medicine. That's all uh, been going really well. Whenever you get in high stress situations, you kind of freak out and don't really know how to handle all of those emotions, especially at the Olympic Games. Um, here she is, kind of further, talking about it. It's a, it's a small clip, but here's the moment. Here she is.
3: Um, to focus on my well-being, and you know, there's more to life than just gymnastics, and it is very unfortunate that it has to happen at,
2: at this stage, because I definitely want to miss the look go a little bit better, but again, take it one day at a time. We're gonna see how the rest goes. So Yeah, her
5: and Naomi Osaka have been really speaking out about mental health and how, you know, a lot of this pressure really impacts them.
4: Yeah, it was interesting. I was watching an interview with someone. Was it the Today Show interviewed her? Obviously, it's NBC. So one of the main anchors was interviewing her. And uh, I was happy they were asking how she was doing. I felt, you know, after she already said kind of where they were at and how the team came together and, like, you know, there was that moment... The host went back to her and was like, "But on a scale of like zero to ten, how bad are you right now?" And I felt that was really weird and insensitive. That is
5: weird. Like, how like, am I supposed to rate myself? Well,
4: yeah, like you've already mentioned, we already know you're going through stuff. You're obviously trying to wrangle it together. You're doing the best you can. But can we go back and like really rate your mental health right now? Yeah. <laughs> like, we should. I'm gonna. I'm gonna find that clip. Don't.
3: Okay. I don't want to
5: hear that. That's. Yeah. That's awful. I don't like it. Um,
4: And that was from, uh, by the way, uh, an anchor and host I admire and does great work. But still, it just shows, I think, that we have a lot of work to do in terms of how we approach these things in terms of the media.
5: Yeah, I agree. That's your T-Report. Your pop culture story is trending right now. i got more coming up next hour.
4: Well, uh, next up, the Capitol Riot Committee held its first hearing. What we learned, that is next.
3: Let's go there. With With Shira and Ryan. Channel Q.
4: The House Select Committee investigating the deadly Capitol riot held its first hearing with testimony from four police officers who defended the building that day. Here's Officer Michael Fanone's body cam footage alongside his committee testimony.
0: My body camera captured the violence of the crowd directed toward me during those very frightening moments. At some point during the fighting, I was dragged from the line of officers and into the crowd. They began to beat me with their fists fists. And with what felt like hard metal objects, I said as loud as I could manage, I've got kids.
4: Wow. Now, Anita Kumar joins us right now. White House correspondent and associate editor at Politico. Thanks for being here. That was never uh, before seen video of the attack. What was the overall sentiment today? I mean, just from hearing that, it's hard to listen to and watch
6: yeah i think that you know it's been six months and i think a lot of time has passed for a lot of people that weren't there and people have gone on with their daily lives and i think a lot of this testimony today just sort of brought it all back it brought it back for the members of congress who of course were in the building at the time but for a lot of people just hearing it um you know we heard a lot of testimony that we hadn't heard from heard from before and saw a lot of new footage and so I think that people were sort of reliving that moment again.
5: So correct me if I'm wrong, but were Republicans trying to um, not have officers there at Capitol at the Capitol Hill even testify? Like, what was that initially
6: about the uh, witnesses? I mean they have they have said how much they support police officers. Um, you know, they always talk about that, but they have said that they. They don't agree with a lot of the witnesses that are being called. And, of course, as you mentioned, the only witnesses that have been called so far are the four police officers that we hadn't heard from before. So, uh, you know, they're saying a little bit of both. They're saying, look, we don't need to relive this. We, we know what happened, that sort of thing. We don't need to have this investigation. And yet they also say that they support police officers. I think that's one of the things that you heard today from in testimony, that people that came to the building that day, some of these protesters were carrying signs that they support or flags that they support police officers, but then trying to attack them. So we just haven't seen a clear response on this.
4: And Representative Liz Cheney, Representative Adam Kinzinger are the only Republicans on the committee. How are they wrangling their
6: party right now? Yeah, it's sort of interesting to watch. They have you know made sure to tell people over and over again that they're still Republicans that they are conservatives, that they vote with the Republican party on policy issues, but clearly they are uh, facing a lot of criticism from members of their own party for even agreeing to be on this committee. Obviously they were appointed by Democrats, they were appointed by the House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, and they agreed to sit sit on this uh, committee. So they have tried to sort of talk about how they're still Republicans, they're still conservatives, but they feel like this needs to be investigated. Congresswoman Cheney even made a, a reference to uh, that there needs to be an investigation into what was happening in the White House at that time. Of course, referring to President, former President Donald Trump and what what actions he took.
5: So, what's expected to happen after this investigation? What's the the end game
6: here? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. We don't actually know the full scope of this investigation. I expect this to go on for months, uh, possibly even into you know months closer to to the twenty. 20- 22 midterm elections what the what the democrats are saying is that they're going to investigate all facets of this so that could include what Donald Trump did or uh you know why those people came out who funded the people that came out uh what the what the security was like at the building all different aspects of this and they are going to continue to do this for months on end and um you know it's going to keep it in the public's arena, basically, for for months. And that's something that Republicans definitely don't want to do.
4: And do they then offer takeaways or suggestions, like what happens after all the testimonies?
6: Yeah, I would expect them to offer um, some kind of recommendations or thoughts on on what what happens and on what has happened. And then, then we'll see, you know, sort of what Congress wants to do and what the what the Democrats want to do basically you know are there going to be recommendations we don't know really on security or what needs to be done in different areas Um, and then Congress can take those uh, and and do with it what they will but you know the chairperson hasn't really been fully uh, transparent about what that end result is going to be what he'll say is that they are going to continue to investigate and they are going to investigate anything that they want and that comes up and what they feel needs to be done and It's important to remember that some of these things have been investigated. There have been other committees um, doing pieces of this. Um, And so we may see some of the things that we've heard about already that we might hear again.
5: Do we know who's testifying
6: tomorrow? We don't know. uh, We don't know further testimony unless I haven't seen it yet. But they have continued uh, to talk about sort of that they want to bring some, some start with these police officers and bring some new testimony, things that people haven't yet seen. That was something that they really felt that was important, just for the reason I said, that we have seen some investigations and we need to see something new.
4: Perfect. Definitely. That was Anita Kumar, White House correspondent and associate editor at Politico. Thanks so much. Thanks. Next up on the show, the government could be moving to require coronavirus vaccines for all workers. More next.
7: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan.
3: Channel Q.
4: The Department of Veteran Affairs, which runs one of the nation's largest health systems, announced that it would mandate coronavirus vaccines for its frontline workers, and it's the first federal agency to do this. Uh, Joining us right now is Dan Diamond, national health reporter for The Washington Post. Thanks for joining us again.
1: Thanks for having me back.
4: So is this a sign of what is to come since uh, they are the first but are more likely to jump on board?
1: Well, I think it's not just a sign of what's to come. It's what's already happening. I I know out in California, we saw that in uh, the California government and then for health workers across the country, across the state, there is now a vaccination mandate going into effect for California. So there were a number of health groups pushing for this, and it all coalesced on the same day, on Monday of this week.
5: Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I feel like... We got really lax before, you know, the Delta variant was kind of really at the center of attention at this point. Do you think we could have had a uh, we should have been kind of more um, expected for this? Like we, we should have been more prepared for this moment because it does feel like across the country, everyone was becoming really lax with the rules and opening back up, you know?
1: You know, I've been thinking about that, too. What could we have done differently? Were we trusting too much in what we thought we knew about what some have called COVID classic, you know, the earlier versions of coronavirus and the Delta version is significantly more infectious. It seems to be challenging the vaccines much more aggressively. This question, too, of masks, which is in the news, how much did CDC jump the gun two months ago? Now, public health experts would say that at the time when CDC said we didn't have to wear masks if we were vaccinated in most places, the science seemed to back that up. The Delta variant now is showing that people who are fully vaccinated can get sick too, can spread the virus. So it's it's a bit of a bummer in that if things had been more aggressive a few months ago with masks, with vaccinations, we would be in a better place right now. Instead, there's a lot of cajoling, a lot of messaging work that's going to have to be done with frankly a lot of Americans who don't want to hear it anymore. They're they're burned out, they're tired, and I'm I'm a little worried that CDC's new mask guidance will just alienate people who already didn't trust the government.
4: Yeah, that's for sure, to say the least. So with this uh, vaccine on that side, would the CDC or government be the people that ends up mandating all workers to get a vaccine? Is this going to be implemented in more businesses?
1: It's a great question. So the federal government is is definitely under consideration for a vaccination mandate. President Biden said as much on Tuesday. Now, the White House has repeatedly said they're not going to mandate vaccinations across the country. There, there are some real legal questions if they try to do that. But President Biden could say that the military would all need to get vaccinated against coronavirus. That is in his power. And then there are local leaders, uh, whether New York City for city workers and all the contractors there Or hospitals and colleges and universities, which have a lot of people mingling in what are known as congregate settings. If you think about, say, a college dorm, all of the people who are near each other, who are in dorm rooms together, they might have more need to be vaccinated just given that they're around each other all the time. And obviously, hospitals have elevated risk too. I guess the question is where does it go from there? Now, at the Washington Post today, We were told if you want to take a job at the Post starting in September, you got to be fully vaccinated. So there are companies that are moving to put it into place. But President Biden is not going to be ordering uh, companies to do that. At least there's there's no indication of that, given the huge political risk in trying to do it.
0: Yeah,
5: it's that's going to be really interesting. How do you think we're going to see this, I, I, I mean, further divide our country, especially when it comes to politicians in these states where most people are unvaccinated and they're not going to get vaccinated anytime soon?
1: It's really depressing. The vaccination rates have varied a lot between counties, states that went for Donald Trump last year in the election versus going for President Biden. Kaiser Family Foundation had this stark graphic that if you live in a county that Joe Biden won last year, people are 12 percentage points more likely to be vaccinated than in counties that Donald Trump won. So we know that counties that are Republican dominated are less prepared for this Delta variant. They have less protection. And the messaging has also been really distorted by some Republican politicians, not to say Democrats get it right all the time, There's been some Democratic messaging that hasn't been great either. But it doesn't compare when you look at some of the Republicans who have really run down the benefits of the vaccine. They have mocked the national vaccination campaign. And it's made it that much harder to communicate on public health when politicians are viewing it as a political opportunity.
4: Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I mean, the future is bleak. I'm not sure. I would like to say there's an optimism here, but it's what optimism?
5: Worrisome. <laughs> we we like. I mean, the only optimism is we survived 2020. I was just saying that it feels like you know a pat on the back if you survived that year and you didn't get COVID. But like now, I feel this like I'm the fighting second for my round. Yeah, I'm going for this. I mean, I'm competing again in the Olympics mm-hmm. of not trying to get COVID.
4: Yeah, the survival Scary. Olympics. Yes, yes. Uh, that was Dan Diamond, national health reporter for the Washington Post. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks for having me.
4: Now, coming up, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis revealed uh, how many times they they bathe themselves and their kids. And it's actually surprising. Brings up a big debate. That's next. So Ashton Kutcher... Kut- I was going to say Kutcher. Kutcher and Mila Kunis appeared on an episode of Dak Shepard's Armchair Expert podcast, and their conversation turned towards bathing. And... Shepard basically told his co-host, Monica Padman, that using soap every day rids the body of natural oils. And Kutcher and Kunis agreed, saying they only uh, wash vitals every day. But other than that, the full-body wash doesn't really happen, (laughs) including their kids. Uh, And when Padman asked... Ashton, who taught you not to wash? He said, I didn't have hot water growing up as a child, so I didn't shower very much anyway. And so they continued that with their kids. And so the, their kids now have this way of washing. They watch, wash their armpits and their crotch daily, nothing else ever. And they'll throw some water on it, like Kutcher will throw water on his face and uh, after workout to get all the salts out, he says. And Kunis says she washes her face twice a day. But yeah. What do you think about uh, this regimen here?
5: I don't know what it is, but we keep having these conversations about, let me be honest, oh. specifically white people not knowing how to wash their bodies. It's, uh, it's something that plagues the internet. It's the New York Times did a piece about it ever since COVID. People aren't bathing the same. And it's the same thing. I don't understand. When did it become weird to wash your bodies? All of them, all of your parts. Your legs, your feet, your genitals, your underarms, your arms, your elbow, oh, your, your cheeks, elbow your face, your like your butthole, everything. Yeah, I almost wash heard it. You say that. Wash it, and then don't wash it with your hands. Have a washcloth so you can see the dirt. That, that was you're actually something off.
4: again that I only started learning more about when we met. About the
5: washcloth. I don't day-to-day. understand that.
4: Like, of course, what there's were a you watching? What
5: were you initially washing?
4: Like I, I usually just wash with my hands. I put it on the soap. I know you are lying to and me. And then I put it on my body. And then there's the loofah, but I find even the loofah is weird why because do you think, it gets why do you
5: think dirty. Hand, wait a second. Wait a second. We got to We got to track. We got to backtrack. I understand the loofah thing because the loofah thing but, it would no, make but, me feel like it's dirty as well. Yeah, that doesn't work for me. But my thing is, what did you think your hands were doing? Well,
4: once the hands are clean. You're, they're clean, so you put soap on them, and then you put them on your body like it's a washing it, like a what, human what? washcloth. Is your
5: hands getting the dirt off? Yeah, because you scrub, and then with what? You scrub what are you scrubbing hands. with? Are you scrubbing with your nails? No, my hands. The
8: but your the hand, bottom your of palm, my hand. You know what? In your the palm past, is not when, an exfoliant. When
4: we, back in the day. When you don't have when you don't have wash, but what if you don't have a washcloth?
5: Yes, everyone has a washcloth. What
4: if? Keep it simple. You have everything on you, your body, to do what you need to do. You're still dirty.
5: You're still dirty, babes. No, because I because your dirt is still there. So
4: I've experimented when I've gotten dirty, like my legs are dirty and you're then talking i put actual so dirt on
5: you're talking me, about actual dirt i wipe
4: dirt. it off with my hand
5: you're talking about actual dirt but there's thing there's thing there's this thing called germs that just doesn't, That's come, off, germs just it, doesn't well, come off naturally anything, without you having to scrub the way, a little
4: bit. By the way, Ryan, just like they said in this interview, while well, I don't agree with everything, there are good germs and bad germs. The problem is a lot of times when you do what you say, you wash off all the germs, including the ones That's that are some, good I for you. I feel like that
5: is an excuse and a lie that y'all come up with <laughs> to like be able to be like, oh, you see, I don't have to wash everything because I don't want, I don't want to get rid of the good germs. That's not factual in my opinion. So here's the thing. I,
3: I, Get yourself
5: a washcloth. You nasty, d- <laughs> disgusting out here. Imagine their kids showing up in class with bo because they well, ain't washing themselves. I'm down themselves. for a at
4: least a what a morning or nighttime uh, bath shower. Both.
5: How many times do you, would you shower a day?
4: I usually shower once or sometimes sometimes twice. I shower twice a day. You do morning, one in the morning and, and one in and the night. And I must say beyond the cleanliness, uh, you know, part of it. It's nice. It feels good in the morning to wake yourself up. And th- before you go to bed, it feels nice like you're washing off the day.
5: Do you If you take a shower at night, will you take a shower in the morning? Sometimes not. Disgusting. Y'all are so gross. What are you Humans. doing in the middle of the night? you're like, what are you, working out? all right Humans. Let us know what you
4: think at LGT shows. I
5: need that with. asteroid that was just reported that was coming towards our, our Earth at 18,000 miles per hour to hit us already. Because people are not washing their bodies.
4: I'm just scared away with my BO.
5: You probably are. <laughs>
4: Coming up, is Paris Hilton pregnant or not? More details next on what's trending this hour Wash your bodies
3: Let's go there With Shira and Ryan Channel Q
4: Coming up this hour, how one queer community Is thriving on a trans-owned ranch I love this story We're going to be talking more about it in 30 minutes Plus why rumors are swirling of Paris Hilton being pregnant That is in the T-Report in a moment But first, let's get into some What's Trending this hour. VP Kamala Harris touted the Biden administration's effort to strengthen racial and gender diversity while addressing the 96th Annual Convention of the National Bar Association today.
6: And now we have confirmed as an administration more black women to be circuit court judges in just six months than any other administration in all of history. All that to say, the vote matters.
4: Yes, it does. Uh, Now, this is a follow-up to a story that has continued for many years, actually, here in Los Angeles. Ed Buck, the prominent political donor who was arrested in connection with a pair of fatal overdoses at his home, was convicted on all nine federal charges against him today. Buck was convicted of two counts of distribution of meth, resulting in death, four counts of distribution of meth, one count of maintaining a drug-involved um, maintaining a drug-involved premises, and two counts of enticement to travel in interstate commerce for prostitution. He could be potentially sentenced to life in prison. Wow. Uh, you know, we've covered this, Ryan. What do you think about this latest news that finally something is happening? Justice is being served.
5: You know, I think, um, <laughs> to be honest, I, I'm always hesitant of giving props to um, a, a system that often fails, oftentimes. I think this is a a really big deal, a really big moment. Um, but we'll still see. We'll see. Seriously, we'll see.
4: Yes, uh, because there the men that were found... At his house consistently. And it took them forever, by the way, for this to happen.
5: Mm -hmm. It took forever for this to happen. It took multiple people basically living outside of Ed's house. Um, to watch his every move to then to get the police involved. And so for me, it, it, it's one of those things where it's kind of like, I'm happy that Ed Buck is finally being convicted. Um, but this happens all the time. And it, it's often too late before anything actually, or justice is served mm-hmm. um, at times. And so, yeah, hopefully Ed Buck, oh, I can't say that. I was going to say hopefully you rots, but I said it. There you go. You're welcome.
4: <laughs> well, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? Let's move on to some, uh, some good or fun news, at least.
5: I mean, that that is good news. Yeah, it's a good news and a, Get him in out a of here. dark good news. Playing with black folks like they were his toys. Disgusting. Anyway, Paris Hilton is allegedly pregnant and expecting her first child with her fiance. But, nope. plot twist, it's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. She denied it. She is not pregnant. I don't know why this source thought it would be Mm -hmm. fine to start this rumor, but she shot down these rumors um, on her podcast, This Is Paris. She said, not yet, I'm waiting till after the wedding. Then she made a funny little joke saying, the only thing in the oven at this moment is my sliving lasagna. Now, do y'all know what sliving is? It's her word, her term. I know, do you know what it means?
4: Living, it's like s- something living,
5: it's slaying and living, slaying and living. Okay, yeah, it's, you're slaying yeah. and living. I knew there was living. Um, <laughs> and then of course, she she plugged her new upcoming Netflix show, Cooking with Paris. And um, I had no clue what sliving meant. I hate it, but you know, some things aren't meant for me, now um, and some li- things aren't meant for her. Your life has changed. Um, her sister Nikki Hilton also called the preg- pregnancy speculation not true. Um, which I would assume she would know, but it is no—it's—it's um, it's no surprise that we already know that this could happen at any point. She's uh, Paris Hilton is undergoing IVF treatments. Mm-hmm. Um, she announced that in January, um, and yeah, she's trying to to put her reproductive plans on hold right now just because they're not married yet, and she's more than excited to to one day start a family. She even has a name, Uh, names because she wants a boy and a girl. She hasn't told us the boy name, but she did tell us the girl name, which she would want it to be London. But, um... Cute. Yeah, I know, right? That's your T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Well, next up, does Congress know
4: what it would take to stop the next pandemic? Some answers from a staff writer at Vox Next.
8: A lot can happen between falling in love with a house and owning it. Having an advocate who can help you navigate negotiations, timelines, inspections, and more can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Let's
3: go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Recent reports have come out that the
4: $30 billion in uh, dollars in pandemic preparedness funding proposed in the American Jobs Plan might be cut to $5 billion in the bipartisan negotiated compromise. Kelsey Piper joins us right now who wrote about this for Vox. Thanks for being here. Yeah, absolutely. And as you mentioned in your piece, has America learned anything from what we just went through? Cutting it down from a 30 to 5.
2: Yeah, so I know that billions of dollars to a lot of people, $30 billion, $5 billion, those are both a ton of money. But when you talk to experts in public health, they say that we really need the $30 billion to take the minimal steps to make sure this can't happen again, from building vaccine factories, to doing disease surveillance, to just researching diseases that look likely to be like pandemics. And when Congress is trying to pinch pennies on that, it just says that they don't see the last year as a real problem that we should try and prevent from ever happening again.
5: Yeah. So wait, $30 billion, what does that cover? Did you break that down?
2: Yes. So the $30 billion would go to a couple of different things. Some of that is building factories that we can use to make vaccines a lot faster than this time. Like this spring, we didn't have enough vaccines for everyone who wanted one. We could change that. Some of it will go to, we know the categories of disease that might cause the next pandemic. Like long before this pandemic started, we knew coronaviruses were potentially bad news. So uh, you can spend some money on researching those categories of disease and trying to develop treatments, antivirals, vaccinations, tests um, in advance of one of those breaking out and becoming a pandemic. And then there's disease surveillance, which is searching the population for disease so that we know sooner when a pandemic is starting and can act before people are already overwhelmed.
4: Yeah, that's all good stuff. So if it ends up being $5 billion, what does that even really
2: cover, and who are we fooling here? Yeah, very little of that. It wouldn't even be enough for just the vaccines. say. If you cut everything else and just do the vaccines, it still wouldn't be enough. Um, It's the sort of compromise that doesn't make sense if you think any of those priorities are worth investing in.
5: Well, here's the interesting thing that I I feel like I keep thinking about. If we keep having these different variants of the uh, of COVID, and it just keeps kind of getting worse and worse, that means resources kind of get more expensive and expensive to kind of you know. So, do we see that number getting? Bigger than that, thirty-three billion or whatever it was.
2: $33? So I think spending more than thirty billion would be worth it uh, mm-hmm. because COVID has cost so much more than that in in lives, in you know, lost opportunities and lost education. in, in purely economic terms, you know, it would be worth spending a trillion dollars if it had prevented this pandemic or if it could really bring it to an end tomorrow. Um, but thirty billion dollars is a really good sort of down payment on that. And the fact that Congress isn't even willing to go there sort of Cause for some pessimism about whether we can make the long term sustained commitments that will make sure this can never happen to us again.
4: Definitely. And you wrote by the time it is all said and done, it is estimated that COVID 19 will have cost the world between $16 trillion and $35 trillion. Who is paying
5: that back?
2: So the costs of COVID are mostly paid, you know, by everybody. That's the cost
4: of loss. Oh, You're talking about me? No, just
2: like crazy.
5: the loss of jobs. Oh. Uh, life, All that. <laughs> I just like, yeah, we all get, yeah. well, you know, I well, I think we all are, if you look about, think about it, especially now that things are opening back up, I've had so many conversations about, with friends about how everything has just inflated. Everything's so much more expensive, so it does feel like we're inherently kind of paying back all of this stuff i mean the money and all the resources yeah it's important because of the lives but yeah it does seem like it's kind of impacting us daily even in the little things that we're paying for
2: yeah i don't think anyone in the world has been unimpacted by covid um both the direct effects and the economic effects including yeah long-term economic effects that we're going to be paying for over the next five years
4: and so how do we wrangle congress together what what's going to happen
2: so I think the hope is that as in the bipartisan compromise, it's still very much in the works. Congress has not yet put forward this plan, although there's hope that this week will be the one where they finally put it forward. So if there's enough people saying, hey, pandemic preparedness, that is a priority of ours. That is something we expect Congress to be on the ball about. Then maybe that doesn't get cut down to five billion in the bipartisan compromise bill. Sort of one of those things where if it has a strong constituency, it won't go fall by the wayside. But if people aren't paying attention, it absolutely might
4: Uh, Which it's easy for that with everything else happening right now. Yep. (laughs) That was Kelsey Piper, staff writer at Vox. Thank you so much for being here.
2: Yep, you too.
4: Coming up on the show, how a queer community is thriving on a trans-owned ranch. We'll tell you more about that next.
3: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The Tenacious
4: Unicorn Ranch has received national recognition and has built an online reputation in the queer community as a haven complete with alpacas and more. The co-owners say it's a place for queer people to gather and not just survive, but thrive. And Penny Logue joins us right now, a founding member of the Tenacious Unicorn Ranch. Thanks for being here.
7: Thank you so much for having me on.
4: Now, I just love this, and we have to visit at a certain point.
5: Now, you gotta convince me why I need to come hang out with alpacas. You you, you have to, because don't they spit?
7: (laughs) No. Well, they only spit uh, very rare occasions. You have to really piss them off to make them spit. They're not at all like llamas that spit all the fucking time, no matter what.
5: Okay. Also, this radio, live radio, I know you're very, I mean, I love the energy. It was great. Please don't change it. But we can't cuss on live radio. But.
7: (laughs) Okay, fair enough. I will monitor my language. I'm not good at it. But look,
5: we could text afterwards and we could drop all types of F-bombs. I like that. (laughs) So, Penny, how did this all come to be?
7: Um, It was a really, uh, you know, it it was kind of a product of need. Um, Coming into two years of the Trump administration in 2018, um, I I had been helping with uh, kind of counseling and everything in the trans community. And um, watching just as things fell off a cliff uh, with that administration. And so um, we, me and two of my girlfriends had been looking kind of for a change in life. I have a history uh, on ranches. And so, um, you know, it just kind of everything kind of came together um, at the right moment in time. We found a place in Livermore that was 40 acres with a barn that we could rent. And we just kind of rolled the dice and went for it, you know. Yeah. It wasn't an original idea. The queer community has been looking to do this, I think, like forever. So,
5: oh, I mean, I never knew this, and I—I I guess, what was some of the feedback you were hearing about, like ranches and and what it was providing to queer folks specifically?
7: I mean, I, I wasn't. It was more that I was hearing the dream from people. I mean, growing up on a ranch, I knew that kind of like peace that it can bring and that like kind of connectedness that it can bring. But I, but I don't think a lot of people get to experience that. And so I think a lot of people kind of just wrote it off as only a dream um, because it's just such an insurmountable thing if you don't know the pieces and parts.
4: Definitely. And so how did then you continue to develop it and get it out there to the community?
7: Good people. A hundred percent good people. Um, Bonnie joined on about six months into the project Uh, Jay joined us six months after that, and we've all just been pressing forward with, um, you know, one, one step of this project or the other, and it's just been a group effort, really, from day one to turn this into what it is, you know?
5: So when someone, like, comes over to the ranch, what exactly are we doing? Like, am I, like, taking care of the alpacas, or am I looking at them from a very far distance just admiring how cute they are?
7: Well, if somebody wants to come onto the ranch just for a visit, because we do tours almost every day, uh, we take people out into the fields. You get to meet some alpaca. We have friendly alpaca that come up and say hi. Um, then we walk people through the sheep area, and you say hi to the lambs. Then we go over to the boys' area, and you meet the boy alpacas, because you got to keep them separate. Um, and then we go into the CREA pen and Kriya are baby alpaca um, and you go like just kind of exist in that realm for a little while because it's amazing. Um, and then, yeah, and then really um, th- that's the extent of what one of our tours are. And
4: why is this a place of healing for the LGBTQ community?
7: You know, um, there's a a couple of different levels of that. We do have people volunteer and come up and stay a week at a time. um, And that's where you see kind of uh, people shed the stress of having just kind of like lived in this cis heteronormative lifestyle. um, that That like these pressures like start coming off of people and you get to kind of be yourself all the time. Um, without that like game face you know and you see people just kind of like relax into being themselves um, but I, I mean I think there's a small, short hour-long version of that on a tour um, but more more readily when you when you spend a week up here and really kind of detach from that stress and uh, let this place kind of work its magic oh,
5: that's so beautiful mm-hmm. have you had any like famous queer people come
7: um, I mean, not that we can talk about.
5: <laughs> oh, so that means yes. Oh, you're telling me the dirt after this. Oh my goodness. I mean, this is interesting. I'm, I'm still a little leery about an alpaca. Um, but it sure. look they look very cute. They look very, very cute. I just, you know, I'm a southern boy, but I was I stayed off of barns and ranches and stuff because bugs.
7: It's fair. Yeah. No. Fair enough. Uh, They really are the gentlest creatures. Mm. Um, I mean, during shearing, they can get a little kicky. But out in the field, when they're kind of living their life and you're just kind of walking into their environment, they're very, like, gentle and friendly. They come up and give hugs. Like, it's super, super fun. It really is.
4: I love that. Do you think we're going to see more spaces like this pop up?
7: Alpaca farms? Uh, I know we are. Um, Part of our mission on the Tenacious Unicorn is to expand outward, not just grow this plot of land. We're already talking with an indigenous group in Arizona about getting another Tenacious Ranch up there. Uh, We have plans for a offshoot in texas um our whole plan is one of these in every state so that you don't have to drive all the way to colorado to get this experience or join this experience which is another you know uh, there are people that like come up here and then just never leave like just it becomes their home so uh we we want that in every state accessible to every queer person if they so choose
5: well, if you ever get horses, I, I've been to equestrian school, so I would love to ride one. I'm a horse.
7: so ready, like to get horses. I love them so much. I love they're
5: horses. Just, oh, they're so great. So I'm totally um, there if, once you get the
7: horses. Heck yeah! I will let you know as soon as as soon as we have the barn up and we can get some horses. Wow! Because I'm all on board for that.
4: I, I love I, you for what you so have for your alpacas. I don't need anything. We else. were bonding.
7: Sure. <laughs> I appreciate both sides of that
4: <laughs> Amazing Well, uh, thanks for everything you do And for being here It's really amazing to see uh, That was Penny Logue Founding member of the Tenacious Unicorn Ranch We hope to have you back
7: Anytime, give us a call Yeah, it'll be fun Next time Bonnie will come on with me
4: Yes, Ooh. bring the whole family on Is that an No <laughs> Oh <laughs> Uh, that would be
7: awesome
4: (laughs) now coming up uh why matt gates is getting dragged on tiktok by his fiance sister that's next
3: let's go there with shira and ryan channel q
4: roxanne lucky the younger sister of matt gates's fiance ginger lucky is uh Coming out and dragging him on social media and TikTok, detailing her hatred of Gates, who's the right-wing Florida congressman, who's currently the subject of a federal investigation for potential sex trafficking. Well, that's a keeper.
5: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
4: So she has since made her TikTok and Twitter accounts private. But before that, she basically posted a video of herself with this New York Times story as the background. With the caption, when a creepy old man tries to hit on you at the bar, but your sister's engaged to a literal pedophile. Yikes. Well, then she continued with, continued with the story time uh, where she's now 20 years old, but she was an intern in the Trump White House last summer. Which is kind of questionable, but maybe she's learned her lesson from that. Uh, she posted about how Gates tried to set her up with a friend of his who was divorced and in his 40s while she was just 19. And here is a moment from that.
2: Basically, um, Matt had just started dating my sister and he had a friend that I had met and kind of knew that was around Matt's age, um, like had a kid, had been divorced. And this guy kept telling me like, oh, Matt told me I should ask you out, like that we'd be great together, yada, yada. And I would just make jokes and be like, haha, like I'm 19. Like that's, that's weird. Um, and I just thought he was kind of joking and then he definitely like started um, being more vocal and saying creepy things and being like, I had a boyfriend at the time. He's like, oh, when you break.
4: Yeah, basically, he was like, you get it when you break up with your boyfriend or you don't even need to just come and date me.
5: Yeah, we all know Matt Gates is creepy.
4: Yeah, and then she even confronted him at Thanksgiving. What, what an awkward family Thanksgiving to be at. And he actually started yelling at, this is according to her, yelling at me and my mom. He called me a narcissist, which was a 1,000% gaslighting me. Wow. That sucks. And that's also awkward if your uh, sister's engaged to this person. I mean, what do you think that's like? Uh, it takes a lot. I mean, I I give it to this person, even though she didn't turn for the Trump White House, to come out and oh, she bring did? this up. Christ. Yes, to bring this up about your future brother-in-law. You know that is not going to fare well with your sister. Like you're basically breaking a relationship with your sister. But
5: well, I guess that just shows that the family's not. It's a pretty dysfunctional family. Happy about it.
4: I mean, you would think. And by the way, just to update you. The FBI and Department of Justice has not confirmed a probe into Gates. Uh, the congressman himself confirmed in April that he was being investigated and his ex-girlfriend is cooperating with authorities in the sex trafficking investigation. I mean, talk about awkward.
5: It sounds like drama. It's
4: little, very messy. And it's uh, it's interesting that he continues to function like business as usual. Well, let us know what you think about this uh, drama, online and offline, and are you done? I, I think we're not going to cover this story anymore. This is just getting, getting too far. At LGT Shows, where you can find us on social media, but coming up, why Pete Buttigieg's husband, Chastin, is dragging this senator that's next on What's Turning This Hour. Let's go there with
3: Shira and Ryan. Channel
4: Q. Coming up on the show today, besides great music, of course, uh, how Meals for Heels is helping sex workers. That's in 15 minutes. Plus, Camila Cabello responds to controversy around one of her dancers wearing blackface. That's in the Tea Report in a moment. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. President Joe Biden said his administration is weighing whether to require federal employees to be vaccinated for the coronavirus as the Delta vi- uh, variant spreads. Uh, He said that's under consideration right now. The Biden administration had previously discouraged federal agencies from requiring vaccination for on-site work. And the Veteran Affairs Agency has actually been the first agency to have a mandate for their employees to have a vaccination. So we'll see what continues with that. Chastin Judge took aim at comments made by hillbilly elegy author and Republican U.S. Senate hopeful J.D. Vance. He called out Vance's comments at a conservative conference sl- uh, singling out Democratic leaders without children. Chastin wrote, bringing a child into this world can be a long, difficult and often heartbreaking process for any family. Shame on Vance for this tactless take. As a father, he should know better. As a wannabe senator, it's clear that empathy isn't his strong suit. And Chastain also added that not having kids doesn't make you any less American. And finally, billionaires continue to battle for space. Jeff Bezos' company Blue Origin Spaceflight has publicly offered to cover up to $2 billion in NASA contract fees so it can remain involved in the U.S. government's effort to return astronauts to the moon. This comes after Elon Musk's SpaceX was selected in April as the primary contractor to build the moon lander and given a $2.9 billion contract for the work. And finally, Officer Daniel Hodges responded to Representative Andrew Clyde, who compared the insurrection to a normal tourist visit. Here that is.
0: What do you think about our colleagues who think we should call them tourists?
7: (sighs) Well, if that's what American tourists are like, I can see why foreign countries don't like American tourists.
4: (laughs) Well, he said it. The House Select Committee investigating the deadly Capitol riot held its first high-profile hearing with testimony from four police officers who defended the building that day. And that was somewhat trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan?
5: Okay, so Camila Cabello, she has gotten herself in some hot water. And it's time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. Over the weekend, the Grammy winner addressed accusations that one of her backup dancers performed in blackface because she recently performed her new single, Don't Go Yet, on The Tonight Show. And all of her dancers appear to kind of channel this 80s with colorful props, Miami Vice inspired outfits, beauty looks from that era. Well, um, following the performance, many took to social media to criticize the heavy makeup worn on stage, specifically by dancer Dylan Pierce. Uh, One Twitter user said this, Camilla, what was going on with Dylan's makeup? Having a dancer do blackface on stage in 2021 is absurd. And you know better than that. Say something immediately. Well, she finally issued a statement after receiving all of this criticism. She said, she said, hey, so this dude was just supposed to be a white man with a terrible spray tan. We purpose, uh, purposefully tried to pull together a multicultural group of performers. The expectation was not that everyone in the performance needs to be Latin. She said there are white people, African-American people, Latin people, etc.' cetera. Uh, she said the point was trying to make each person look like an over the top 80s character just like in the video including a white dude with a terrible orange spray tan i mean um (laughs) i just think no matter what if you want to do this 80s over the top you can do that without having to like do anything to someone's skin color you don't have to paint anyone's skin color you don't have to make their tan even oranger or whatever like i think to avoid conversations like this just keep leave people's skins alone because it just makes no sense it doesn't really even make sense with the with the the song um if i'm being honest um and yeah it just looks really bad it looks watching
4: the video i'm trying to find the person it's hard to know
5: are you watching the music video?
4: No, the the performance.
5: Well, I mean, there's there's if you click the link, there's a yeah, there's see. some photos in there showing the guy. Okay, for let you. me. I,
4: it wasn't loading. Okay, I want to know. I gotta see. But it's true. Yeah, you know, you could just put like blush or what's it called? Uh, I don't know. Do makeup. It's not like a whole face.
5: Yeah, I don't know. I don't think you should do it anyway. And I think it was a, a oh, a, a, I see. It irresponsible
4: look like a, miss. It does look like just a really bad tan. Like he's orange. Um, yeah. Nah. It's like a cheesy someone who's like tried to like yeah, go to a tanning booth like an over the top, like you see those folks everywhere. They're cheesy cheesy folks who try to have a fake. Tan.
5: Darkening someone's skin is never okay. It's not okay. I agree. Even if it's a tan. Yep. It's not okay. We're not making excuses for it. That's time that's it. That's your tea report. I got more coming up. Next hour.
4: Well, next up, let's get inspired. How Meals for Heels are helping sex workers eat well. That is next.
3: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Nikisa Newton is a chef in Portland,
4: Oregon, and has been working for the past two and a half years to provide healthy meals to the city's sex worker community. It has led her to create Meals for Heels, And Nikisa joins us right now. Thank you so much for being here.
8: Thank you for having me.
4: Now, this is just such amazing work that you're doing. Why did you decide to focus on this specifically?
8: Uh, Because, you know, I live in Portland, and there's over 75-plus strip clubs in Portland. So i figured, with that many dancers, uh, specifically in the club, i figured, why not feed them? I had a former partner who was a sex worker. She was a dancer. She often didn't have time to prepare uh, meals for herself. So that's, I just took it, that role, you know, I stepped in and, you know, I wanted to see her and wanted to see my community. So I took that role and did that.
5: So what type of meals are you preparing? Because I feel like there has to be a lot of thought that goes into that because, you know, I, I would assume sex workers want to eat healthy and give themselves energy because, you know, you get, that's a lot of work.
8: Absolutely. So uh, my menu is vegan and vegetarian. Um, with an emphasis on, I do dark leafy greens. So um, most of my meals start with a base of massaged kale mm. or with collard greens. Um, yes, we collard keep it light on alliums because we know that garlic and onions, we can breathe that, that can sit on our breast. And uh, we have some cruciferous vegetables, but we keep that low as well because we don't want to be gassy when we're on the pole or when we're talking to customers, et cetera. So it's a very light but bold flavor. Uh, it's, it's different vegan food. It's different vegetarian food. Yeah, I saw some
4: pictures in the article and it made me very hungry, by the way. Uh, now, how has it evolved since you began? Because I know it has changed the work you do and how much it's grown. Are you in
8: the kitchen now? Uh, I'm not in the kitchen now. I was actually out eating a burrito. So. Oh, yes. <laughs> That oh. sounds good, too. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, no. I just closed up shop early today. Um, so how has it evolved? Well, I was just me delivering straight from my home uh, in the beginning stages. I was making the meals and delivering them from my house. And now we have a walk-up window at 831 Southeast Salmon Street here in Portland, Oregon at the Red uh, on salmon and we also we're open to the public now so we also do deliveries to the club, clubs as well we also do catering we will do some marketing on uh, some market like farmers market events in the in the community but um yeah that's that's how we've expanded we've, we've uh, definitely come up during the pandemic
5: which I, I love that in so, so many ways. How it ha- What was your response from a lot of sex workers as Mills for Heels kind of grew? What, what were they saying to you that kind of inspired you to keep it moving and keep it
8: going? Um, you, you know what? I mean, i would probably be a millionaire by now if, if, if I got a dollar for every sex worker that said they wish they had this when they still worked or when they, when, when they are working, wherever they're at. So I've been, you know, talked to or I've had sex workers reach out for me from Italy, Malaysia. Uh, South Africa the UK uh, Sydney Australia etc so I think I'd be, I'd be stacked right now if I had a dollar for every time someone said hey I wish they had that when I was still in the sex worker industry oh
4: wow yeah I feel like I would love this to uh, to inspire others in those other areas if you can't get your food there obviously to start their own like you or are you gonna expand in those no
5: she should expand don't take her idea R-A.
8: Hey, that's, that's on my menu that's on my menu you know what I mean um, you know what I mean? Like I said, it was just I didn't I didn't even think we get this big or let alone have a walk up window where we're servicing the whole community. But that is on my radar, and that's something I look forward to do within maybe maybe next year or year or two. Would actually be the franchise or to have another Meals for Hills where the sex workers in that area they help run and own it. Like you know they oh. pay into it, and it's now like a co op basically, and they they can take care of it and run it themselves as well as having maybe regional foods from that area on the menu. Wow. Amazing. you are a queen yeah and you yeah. also have this holistic
4: self-care kit it's those spelled ho and listic you know holistic uh, yeah holistic.
8: yeah we did those um that was during uh well we we're in the pandemic but um i guess the winter time during the pandemic i was uh, gifted a grant and so with that money we set aside some funds and we worked with other bipoc business owners and we put, uh, what do you call it? Nepal, Nepal, Nepal? Not Nepal, I'm sorry. We put, uh, incense in there. We put candles from local makers. We put black, uh, African soap in there. We put, uh, chocolates. We put, um, a couple other items. I can't, I can't remember the whole list right now, but just, oh, bath salts. We made some bath salts so people Love soak it. in, et cetera, some CBD rubs. Um, so, it was it was a community effort on that one. I was able to reach out to other business owners, and they were more than welcome to uh, provide products for this holistic self-care kit.
4: Yeah, and it was free to BIPOC sex workers in the U.S. and Canada. Absolutely. Yep. Which is so amazing. Could you have imagined that your work would be so heavily focused on the uh, sex
8: worker industry? Um, you know what? I, I no, I didn't. I didn't. I thought I was just gonna keep doing what I do, just delivering to clubs. But it's expanded and reached uh, reached to so many different communities as well. Because there's an intersectionality, I think, with sex work too. You know what I mean? Uh, what I've stated before is like, if you care about you know sex workers, you probably care about Black women's health. You might care about border rights. You might care about. Uh, uh, abolishing prison systems So And I could be wrong Maybe you don't But uh, Most of the people I run into Definitely Even in the sex worker community Are definitely Stand up for other people Who um, are Resilience Resilience groups as well
4: Amazing Well Thank you for joining us And for everything That you do Let us know If we can support you in LA Expand it to Los Angeles Anything But um, If you're in Portland, Oregon You want to check it out Meals for Heels Is where it's at And also What's the site to check out.
8: Can people donate to oh, you? Oh, this is www.meals, the number four heels, dot com. It's where you can find us. We have our menu. Um You can order. You can get t-shirts, made some stickers. Okay, cool. All that stuff like that. Buy some merch to
5: donate. I feel like we have to get some donations in there. Donations?
8: We got a GoFundMe going. It's slowly. It's uh. It's taking its time, but that's okay. You know what I mean? I'm, not, I'm in no rush, but we do have a GoFundMe um, I think if you just search "meals," the number four heels, you'll find our GoFundMe page.
4: Boom! Amazing. Well, that was Nikisa Newton, chef and owner of Meals for Heels. For heels, sorry. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys taking time to talk. Definitely. Wow. So so cool. But coming up, how conspiracy theories are tearing couples apart.
3: That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. HuffPost had this really
4: crazy article about couples whose marriages are falling apart because of conspiracy theories. Where obviously one of the couples, you know, is following science, getting the vaccine, doing all that. And the other one is just falling off their rocker at the edge of the cliff.
5: Here's the thing. People are really divided. This whole vaccine anti-vax war is dividing couples everywhere across the world. And some people are like sneaking to go get their vaccine. Some people are like you know, basically kind of vaccine cheating on their partner. My thing is as a person who's dating or wants to date and get into the dating world, if you're not taking the vaccine, it's a wrap.
4: It's Uh, a wrap. Yeah.
5: I mean... Full these stories
4: are so much more extreme, even than that. Like that itself is enough. But some of these things, and I, I wonder in covering the story. Well, without like,
5: going too deep into that long article, I was I'm just, not. I know, I, know. You know, I'm just
4: looking at these comments that these screenshots that were shared from and it, from these partners, right? Where this person literally said, to all my family and friends now that now that the biggest scam in history, and you got the." x jab i don't even know that that no one really knows what it will do to you i've researched now on how the nanotech
5: by kill oh, okay I, this goes into yeah. weird stuff my thing anyway. is shira what if chris oh. your partner yeah was to say i'm not getting the vaccine yeah that would that what would you say what would you do i think that would definitely one
4: i would have a conversation first like why are you saying this just to get his thought i mean I don't know what how you could rationalize that, but at least to give him the benefit of the doubt and get, get his thought process on it. But then that definitely uh, would probably... That would probably be a deal breaker at a certain point. D- definitely.
5: Not even when he tells you he's not getting the... Ve- like when, that's my First, thing. First, I would have a
4: conversation. It's, at least give someone you've been with for like that much really time. It's really interesting
5: how we say, at some point, that's going to be an issue. Why is that so, not an issue right when he says it?
4: Because I would... I want to have a conversation with my partner. Because
5: imagine having kids and then y'all go down that road yeah, where you I mean, have to get your kids vaccinated and he's like, "I don't want my kids vaccinated."
4: You should make sure you are aligned. Because he
5: believes like crazy conspiracies well, like vaccinations yeah. cause autism. So,
4: we were at Nip that in the bud. We were at um doing a double date uh, and with another couple and it came up and one of the the guy said he was getting vaccinated and the woman his partner said that she wasn't.
5: I would have immediately put my mask on. And (laughs) so,
4: this was before vaccines were out, actually. I still would have put my mask (laughs) on. And my boyfriend had to explain to her how vaccines, like, how the vaccine works and also debunk the whole autism with the flu shot thing. Yeah, because Chris is smart. Thank you. Yeah, he is, and so <laughs> did you just, think, you just
5: think, <laughs> accept his compliment yeah. like I gave it to you? I feel it. <laughs>
4: and uh, we left that double date saying, "Oh, this is going to be really in- interesting because, like, I obviously." And that and the, and her partner was silent when she was talking about all this like just sat there silently they're engaged cuz it's embarrassing however Your they're partner continuing is, down the line and I'm like
5: how are you going to do that is deal the sex like that? that good like what may, I need to know what would make you stay with a partner who says they don't believe in the vaccination is it that good is it that it, good what it, else is that good that he's they're willing to put everyone else's lives including yours on the line for them to be like, I'm never getting this vaccine. That's crazy. Well,
4: it is uh, breaking marriages apart. As it it's should. It's breaking uh, couples apart. People are, are losing their partnerships. One of the last arguments are probably around these like QAnon unsupported theories. They're all connected.
5: The only the only re- way I would see this to be a complicated situation if you're married, if you're married right now and y'all have kids and that conversation comes up. Like that's that's the only reason why I would see like, okay, I see why this is complicated. You can't just divorce someone. But if you're like dating and someone, let's no. just say, puts it in their uh-huh. profile, are you going your first date with that person? Uh-huh. And they said, I'm not getting the vaccine, girl. If you don't drop me back off at home, are you
4: done? You're gonna wait for it to get dropped off.
5: You're gonna no. Actually, I'm probably gonna take an Uber or drive myself. To jump out of the I'm car. Dri- yeah, I'm gonna drive. I'm literally gonna jump off mid traffic out of the car because that is crazy. But uh, yeah, and
4: I think it's even. You said, "Oh, maybe a divorce that could be hard." Well. It's happening.
5: No, I get it. I said I was I was saying that I understand it would be hard if a married couple has kids. Oh, yeah. And it's like that makes it even more of a complicated oh. situation. But if you're in the middle of dating someone and especially at the, the height of everything going on and that person, your partner currently is saying that he's are, they are not going to get the vaccine. There's too many. There's too many other people out there that will not kill you I have some, I have some folks
4: who are single on my Instagram and they said like it's becoming a deal breaker it like, should but in the heat of the moment like they'll be hooking up and they'll be like wait wait wait, wait did you get the like vaccine inserting
5: and they're asking you about know, vaccines
4: like, like someone will be like I don't want to be with you because you have the vaccine right that's the unvaccinated one it's getting one. weird it is getting weird out there folks but you <laughs> know what if that makes it easier for those people to stay together then I guess so be it yeah We'll see. It's a, a battle of the vaccinated.
5: No, it, it is. And my thing is, I, I just want people to be single and not die.
3: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. As we go into the life
4: advice archives, you know, we love hitting up Slate.com where they get people asking some weird stuff.
5: Yes, they do, but I love them because it's so juicy. I've always wanted us to, like, have some type of advice column, but who knows if people want our advice.
4: We should just tell the Odyssey app to give Ryan and Sheer an advice column. I think we would give great advice. We have different perspectives, different generational perspectives as well, you know. Well, anyway, this question is all about... Um, it comes from someone who it seems like their partner keeps talking to their ex, and what should this person do?
5: The reason why we chose this one yep. is because oh. it was really interesting because the only person Wait, in this room, I didn't room, see this coming. The only person in this room, I did not see this coming. Is in a relationship is you know my girl Shira, and you know she talked to us about moments where you were hanging out with a friend and your 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 partner was getting kind of jealous over it. Remember that? I thought you were
4: gonna bring up how uh, texting with my ex-boyfriend. Oh see, I wanna go I wanna go put your business out there. Well,
3: you, but what, <laughs> what
5: business? I mean I you're go, putting some other business out but there. But that's more damaging business. You're texting your ex Well, that's because so this was a friend who literally was just a friend, and but Chris was like thought the guy oh, was I flirting that with too. you.
4: Okay, so there yes. So there's two And situations. I thought about there's that. actually an ex. My ex because of we, you know, he moved out of the country and his mom still calls me. And so it was like, you know, he did say at a certain point, it doesn't make me uncomfortable, and I get it. But, you know, just be aware, right? But yes, uh, what you're talking about and referencing is the fact, uh, it's someone that we both know. Yes. And we were out, we, we had dinner.
5: He's so cute, by the way.
4: He's a good looking guy. He is. We were out for dinner, and my boyfriend says he caught him staring at me. And I was like, one, I was like, okay, all right, you can stare at me, you know, I'll take okay. that. I so, mean, like, listen. I'm so cute. I, I'll enjoy a look. <laughs> uh, but then he then noticed how we were, mess uh, not messaging, but like liking each other's Instagram posts. But that's just because of like how we live our lives on social media. My boyfriend is not a social media person. And so he doesn't really get that, you know, that interaction that happens. He thinks, well, I you follow someone, you like their posts when you like them.
5: Oh, what is he three? <laughs> well,
4: that's, you forget, like that's what people think
5: of. Well, you're not like, someone who works. Of, in, that's your way of flirting. Yeah, when
4: well, you're not someone who works, it's not. It's yeah. our job, so yeah. it's kind
5: of like us networking. But the question is, do you think if you found out your partner was texting their ex, would you be upset about it?
4: I think it depends on the context and how much. Yeah, how much and how communicative he
5: was. What do you mean if, depends on the context?
4: Like, if they're going through something, if something happened to them, if they're coordinating something, yeah, context matters. And I have grace and space for that. But if it becomes, like, that it feels a bit too consistent and maybe flirtatious or I I feel like behind, the intention behind it is for her to connect and he's just entertaining that, then, yeah, that would make me feel uncomfortable.
5: So do you have that same energy if... Would you understand if he got said if he found that you were texting an ex? Well,
4: yeah, I, I'm understanding of that. I, I think that I'm not the type of person, we've talked about this, to just like cut – ties in that way like being like never text me again like I, that's not who I am but can
5: you expect but is that fair and to I would never say I know
4: I would never do that to him Okay. I would never do that to him but I am aware I really I've been going out of my way not to like default towards or like the, the longer listen the longer exes hap- are there yeah. like the longer you are away from a relationship the less you communicate it's just like the way it goes
5: true but I don't think there's to be honest for me personally there's no reason why I need to te- talk to my ex like once we're exes once we're done yes we can be like oh it, it ended on a good note Um, are we we closed the chapter but there's no point of communicating still even if we had like you know we were together for years and years and years like there's no point you're y'all are in two different places of your life so it's just like I'll, I'll tell cut, you why well for my it was
4: my dog my dog
5: it's not your dog the dog that we had that he dog has isn't... It. secondly Cheer secondly not there dog, is some babe.
4: business stuff that we've been working on together so
5: I keep you can't have your business people talk for you. All? What business person
4: do I have? Are your you ready? accountant? I don't know. All right,
5: Ryan. And anyway, <laughs> but at me, I like, must say no, But I must say
4: the other guy that you're mentioning uh-huh. I did stop liking his post, which I feel bad because like he probably is like, wow, sure doesn't like Ryan. Right, he probably hasn't
5: noticed. <laughs> <laughs> He's a straight man. He's not noticing that.
4: So anyway, let us know if this type of stuff happens to you. How do you deal with an ex that always shows up? Listen. Uh, my my boyfriend's friend said he just might as well get me a dog at this point, so then I'll stop. Please,
5: playing. I agree. I agree. And also, my ex keeps talking to my friends about oh. wanting to like make a big gesture and come back into my life, but he's not saying anything to me. And so for me, well, that's awkward. That's also like, girl. I don't have any, we are in two different places in life. Please don't. Clean it up. Like, that's why I'm like, I'm okay with cutting exes off. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to be tied to each other forever just because you have that one moment. That's true. I find it weird when people want to have these blended families.
4: I come from a blended family.
5: Disgusting. A
3: modern family, so. (laughs) Take that. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We're
4: wrapping up the shows we always do with our Yas Queen of the day. Yes, Queen. This moment is adorable. We're about to play it. This is from the animated children's show Muppet Babies, and they're teaching kids an important lesson about acceptance and gender in a new episode that shows the popular character Gonzo coming out as a princess.
3: There you are. You missed our royal ball. We met the most amazing princess. But they ran away, and all they left behind was this. Everyone, there's something I need to tell you. The princess who came to your ball tonight was me. I'm Gonzarella. (gasps) But Gonzo, why didn't Vu tell us? Because you all expected me to look a certain way. I don't want you to be upset with me. But I don't want to do things just because that's the way they've always been done either. I want to be me. Oh, Gonzo. We're sorry. It wasn't very nice of us to tell you what to wear to our ball. You're our friend. And we love you anyway way you are.
4: Yeah, totally. yeah
2: of course we yeah. do. Yeah.
4: I mean, this is just incredible. We were dying watching this earlier.
5: Yeah. Kind Sweetest. Of cute. And you know what? Here's the thing. There's such an importance of starting at this moment in this age of just introducing self-acceptance self-love and also like having being affirmed being Mm. affirmed at that age watching this being like yeah maybe this is me or yeah maybe this is my friend and this is how we should treat each other and and i think it's just so important that we're finally getting to this space where we're starting to see these conversations these moments happen in in family and children television because it's so important that this is where it starts like this is because oftentimes when you start to kind of Like not hate yourself, but when you start to second guess who you are, or you're not being affirmed, it happens at this age when you're watching things like Mm. this. And so that's why I think it's so important to see this, and um, yeah, I just, I I love it. It's so special. It
4: is. Well, good on the Muppets for doing this, and they get our Yes Queen of the day! Yes Queen! And that does it for our show today, but we are back tomorrow weekdays here for you on Channel Q Live, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Tomorrow... And the rest of the week actually Ryan is out. Oh, yes I am. <laughs> we'll be we we'll thinking about you you you'll it's be here It's my birthday on Thursday. Yeah, you said it. I wasn't I didn't want to put your business out there.
5: It's my birthday. Happy birthday. You, it's like you don't know when and what to put my business in.
4: <laughs> well, Dr. Jinman is joining me on the show, so definitely DM us your relationship advice at LGT Show. and of course course we got more what's trending this hour entertainment news and all that fun stuff if you miss any of our shows we post everything as a podcast just go to the odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search let's go there we are sending you love and light
5: and honey remember to slay stick around for
4: love line with dr chris Wright after this and happy birthday again ryan
5: bye y'all
0: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue